Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this especially weird edition of the show, the most frequently spoken word on Earth, and paranormal gravity maps. These two topics will somehow tie in together. (laughs) Okay. This is one of those shows when I'm going to take you down a long and very bizarre winding path, culminating in some audio that I have never played anywhere before. Anywhere. Okay. You're going to be the first to hear this. So let's see if you can keep up with how my mind works. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. So I have always been interested in the magic of words. Okay. I literally believe that when you, when you say something, it it creates a magical reaction in the world. In fact, I did a, a whole show about this. It was episode 70 of this podcast and it was called say these words and mantras and see what happens. And. Of course, you know, there are some words that, um, we have devised, uh, that we have, have created based upon how things simply sound in nature. Uh, that phenomenon is called onomatopoeia. And it's, and, and actually, even though in English that means the imitation of a sound, it comes from a Greek word, which means name making. And that comes from a, another, like, more ancient Greek word that means echo or sound or mimic. Um, and onomatopoeia is stuff like, well, a bird goes chirp, or a lion goes roar, or a clock goes tick-tock, or a cannon goes boom, where it's almost like the, the sound that you're making with your mouth mimics what's in nature. But then, of course, you have these uh, these other words, which are most of the words that we use, which are not from, you know, not based on onomatopoeia. And, and that's one of the weirdest things is trying to figure out like the origin of those. But my point here is that I'm always studying words because that when you speak, uh, a word transmits vibrations 
And those vibrations create change in the physical world. And this is a very basic form of magic. That's where magical words come from. And so I'm always studying words. Okay. That's what, that's what we're, we're all experiencing right now. Words, vibrations. Uh, so I started getting curious the other day and I thought, I wonder what the most commonly spoken word on planet earth is. Uh, take a guess. I, I'm just going to pause for a second. Think about that. What do you think is the most frequently spoken word on the planet? Here it is. It is the, well, it's, they say that they believe it's a, an American English word and it is okay. Okay. That sound, you can spell it with an O or a K, or you can spell it O-K-A-Y, but this is the most frequently spoken thing on planet Earth. That vibration, OK, denoting approval, acceptance, agreement, assent, acknowledgement, or even a sign of indifference. It's used a lot of different ways. And then according to uh, Wikipedia here, it says it principally means adequate, or acceptable as a contrast to bad. So okay doesn't necessarily mean good. Okay means like, I understand what's happening right now, or I accept what is happening right now. And it's pretty interesting when you start thinking about this, because what they are claiming here, uh, linguists say, is that you could travel almost anywhere in the world. And it doesn't matter if you speak none of the language and and vice versa, everybody understands what that sound means. Okay. And when it comes to the origin of this, there is debate over the origin. Uh, The most common um, explanation is that back, and this is, this is pretty strange. They say that like there was a period in American history when um, abbreviations became kind of a fad uh, it especially started in Boston in the summer of 1838, where people would use expressions like OFM, which meant our first men, or NG, which meant no go, or GT, which meant gone to Texas, or SP, small potatoes. See, kids, you didn't invent this, uh, this texting leak speak or whatever they call it. Was it, is it leak speak? Yeah. <laughs> They were doing it in 1838. And one of the terms that people would apparently say back then was all right. And it was literally spelled for whatever reason, O-L-L-W-R-I-G-H-T, all right, which was abbreviated as O-W. And and they're saying that turned into okay. All right. Now, look, there is some debate. There are people who say, actually, this type of word was used by uh, the Choctaw Native Americans. And some people even say that there were uh, Africans that there were slaves that were brought over and they used a similar word like K or whatever. But I'm just telling you, this is what they they said is the most common word here. That's what they're believing. And this is where they think it came from, this American uh, abbreviation. So to me. You know, and then of course they say later on, maybe all right was, was turned into like all correct, but correct was spelled K-O-R-R-E-C-T. This is some weird stuff, but it's kind of interesting. Like I say, you can go anywhere in the world and you say, okay. And that may be the one word that allows you to somehow exist in a completely unfamiliar society. And so I go, well, you know, this, that's interesting. An American English word has that status. And then I started thinking about other kind of extreme words. Now, here's an easier one. I I was like, okay, well, what's the first word of the alphabet? I bet you can come up with this one if you think about it for a second. What is generally considered the first word in the English alphabet? Well, usually it is considered aardvark. Okay, that's spelled A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K, aardvark. And an aardvark is, uh, let's see, it's a, a burrowing nocturnal mammal native to Africa, 
with a long pig, pig-like snout used to sniff out food. Surely you know what a nardvark is. And they say that in the native African language there, aardvark means earth pig. Earth pig. Or sometimes ground pig. Okay, that makes that makes sense. I guess ard is like earth in that language, and vark is some kind of pig, so it's a ground pig. All right. So then I was like, well, what's the uh, the last word in the English language? Now, this one, surely you don't know this. Uh, usually, in most dictionaries, the last word in the English language is zizivya. Okay, let me spell that for you. Z-Y-Z-Z-Y-V-A. Zizyva. And that is a tropical beetle. And I was like, okay, well, what's up with this beetle? And it says that it's a genus of South American weevils found on or near palm trees. And I was like, well, what, who named it that? You know, and they say it was first described in 1922 by this guy named Thomas Lincoln Casey Jr. And, uh, they're not sure exactly why he called it that. Um, it says here that, uh, some people think that he did it, uh, because, well, there was some kind of like, uh, other thing called a Ziza, which is some kind of leaf hopper. And he might have based it on that. But some entomologist at the New York Museum of Natural History said that he thought that Casey made up the word as a joke to quote, have the last word, end quote. Okay. So that's how I guess anybody can do that. I'm just going to make up a new word. Okay. There you go. I just made it up. Put it in the book. It's the last word, the dictionary. It means, uh, extreme. Yeah. I just came up with that. It's, it's 10 Z's. It means extreme. All right. So anyway, look, I'm studying this stuff and I start thinking about the fact that I, I live close to this road that you may or may not have heard of before, and it's called Zizix Road. Okay. Now, this is a really weird place, and it has attracted um, a lot of bizarre activity, and this ties in to a spot in the desert that is considered mystical, which connects to another spot in the desert that's considered mystical, which connects to another spot... And then it connects to something geologic. Okay, stay with me here, folks. When we come back, I will explain more. (laughs) And you'll see where this is going. Hey, by the way, you know I have a new workshop here in Las Vegas. And I am producing uh, some really cool products the rest of this year. I have one coming out. I'm only going to make 20 of this new product. I'm going to keep one for myself. And I'm going to make 19 just to sell and put out there and see... If anybody else finds it as exciting as I do, the way you find out about stuff like that is to go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter. It takes you two seconds right there on the homepage. You'll see where you put your email address in. You hit submit. When you do that, you will instantly receive an automated email from me with some links to some free digital online goodies that you can immediately tap into to start manifesting stuff and make your life a much better life. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P and sign up for the free e-newsletter, okay? I am Joshua P. Warren and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys. It's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. It's amazing how often I will meet a person, and I'm sure it's an uncommon question but i will say so why did your parents name you that and <laughs> and often i get a blank look and they say i don't know i don't know why i have the name that i have and i've always thought that was intriguing that so many people don't even know why this name that they're stuck with <laughs> for the most part has been has been given to them by another person because it's important and when it comes to the letter Z, why do I feel like I'm on Sesame Street right now? Cookie, cookie, cookies! Mmm! Uh, the letter Z is a very, uh, bizarre and, uh, outstanding letter. You know, my friend Darren Evans, he is an expert on the history of the letter Z. And he said that it's always been associated with some kind of, um, ethereal and often uh, frightful kind of uh, mentality. He said that apparently, and I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what he said. I think he said like in the Middle Ages that uh, as a when a, a person died and the uh, the lips of the corpse would draw back, it looked like the person was pronouncing the letter Z. And so Z became associated with death. And so he was always talking about this demon named Zozo. Um, and a lot of what he has said has been eerily, uh, connected to what has been happening in the world. For example, he said, if you write Z-O-Z-O, Zozo, that, uh, it looks a lot like 2020. And so he predicted that the year 2020 would be a really bad year. And guess what? 
<laughs> it turned out to be one of the worst years in modern history. Uh, and so uh, there is something, you know, interesting about Z. And yet Darren named his son Zach. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's just, you know, I think there's a power there that you have to be careful with when, when you're playing around. And so living in Las Vegas, you know, I can drive south of here and uh, in four hours, I'm in Los Angeles. And so uh, it's pretty cool because, you know, I love the ocean and I'm in the middle of the desert so I can drive. And in four hours, I can be, you know, practically at like Laguna Beach and, and get my ocean fix once in a while. And when you make that drive, there comes a point where you you pass this road. I think anybody who's made that drive has has noticed it. You see this exit as you're going south on Interstate 15. Once you get into uh, California for a little ways, you see this weird sign uh, for this exit called Zizix Road. Z-Z-Y-Z-X. Z-Z-Y-Z-X. And as, as curious as I have been, I have never actually gone down that road because whenever I've been going to Los Angeles, I've been in a hurry because I need to get there for some reason. And then whenever I've been coming back, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> so I've just never taken the time to specifically go there because there's nothing else at that spot. You'd have to almost make that like a soul, the sole purpose of your trip. Well, apparently, if you take that exit in the middle of the, the Mojave Desert, basically, and you drive like four and a half miles, there is this beautiful little natural oasis there. There is a spring with palm trees around it, and there are these kind of old, decrepit, but still kind of cool-looking concrete structures that are dilapidated, and, and it, you can look this up and, and see for yourself. Well, here's the story behind this place. So there was this guy named Curtis Hal Springer, who was born in Alabama in 1896, and he became uh, sort of a first a radio evangelist and then like a self-proclaimed doctor and all this kind of stuff. I think if you actually look up how he described himself, it says that he said he was a Methodist preacher, a vitamin salesman. And now he became a resort owner because he found this little oasis out there in the desert and he decided that he was going to uh, open up this little health resort. I think it was originally referred to as like Soda Springs. So he went out there and he just kind of like claimed this land. Uh, this was in, let me see here. He did this. In 19, uh, hang on a second. I have two, way too many notes in front of me right now. Uh, he did this in 1944. Okay. So in the middle of this, of uh, World War II, 1944, he went out there and he claimed this place and he created this like spa. He, he said it's 12,000 acres. He had a big sign on the side of the road and he said, Hey, just come on out here. Park your car. You're invited to have dinner with us for free. Just come on out and have dinner with us. And people would go there. And uh, he had some kind of like little little farm where he had goats and rabbits and stuff. And uh, he would put people up and help them detox. He wouldn't allow, you know, alcohol or smoking or any of that kind of stuff. And he would sell them his vitamins. And... The thing is, it's like this seemed like a really cool idea, but it also became kind of creepy because it all, there was almost like a cultish thing about being trapped out in the desert with this guy and that whole world word Zizix. And everybody's like, where'd this come from? Well, apparently he was a marketing guy. And what they claim is that he just wanted to make up a word that people would pay attention to and that would he thought be be the last word in the English dictionary. Zizix. And so, you know, that he was playing, he was toying with this concept. And but see, the thing is, he had this oddball life. I bet you somebody like Vance Pollock would really enjoy looking up this guy and reading about the stuff he did. This is Vance's kind of dude, Curtis House Springer. But eventually the government said that he had no right to that land, that he'd been squatting there. And so in the 1970s, they evicted him. And then they really went after him 
and he ended up going to uh, prison for false advertising. But he lived a long time. He died in Las Vegas in 1985 at age 88. And uh, but that site now it's it's a part of the uh, the National Forest Service, I guess. And I, I, I can't believe I haven't been there. I'm going to have to make a trip and just I'll tell you about it. Um, but there's something so eerie about it. There was even like a kind of a horror, more and more of like a, a thriller, like a crime thriller movie called Zizix Road that came out in 2006. And it starred uh, Catherine Heigl before she really hit it big in acting. And so. But anyway, so this guy was like he was attracted to go out there to the desert and create this this place, you know, called, you know, Zizek Springs at, 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 at Zizek Road. No, that's OK. And what I thought was kind of interesting is I started thinking about this dude who did this in 1944. And then, you know, not too far away, kind of down the road in 1953 is where another man, George Van Tassel, he went out in the middle of the desert and he decided to create some kind of weird uh, place to commune with uh, extraterrestrial uh, forces and the cosmos. Now, you've probably heard of George Van Tassel. Um, he created what is called the Integratron. Now, George Van Tassel was born in 1910 in Jefferson, Ohio, and he uh, we, he was a very smart guy. Um, apparently, you know, he, he worked as an aircraft mechanic. Uh, he worked for, uh, Hughes Aircraft and Lockheed and, um, he was very well respected in, in his field. And he said that at some point, um, I guess this was like in the early 1950s that he woke up one morning and there was a man standing at the foot of his bed. And this was uh, apparently an alien. And outside of his house, there was this flying saucer kind of shimmering and glittering out hovering. And the man told uh, Van Tassel that uh, he was from Venus. And this began uh, this relationship where he is trying to give all this advice to Van Tassel about how to improve humanity. And eventually uh, he, he tells Van Tassel to go out to this big rock in the middle of the desert called, uh, well, called fittingly enough, Giant Rock. And this is a seven-story boulder near Landers, California, there in, in the Mojave. Um, and there was also, now this bit of a side note, like a weird history already, because there was this other guy uh, named Frank Kritzer, who was like some uh, German immigrant who kind of hung out around Giant Rock and made that his house. And then uh, eventually the government started thinking he was a spy. And so uh, he killed himself. He blew himself up with dynamite. Uh, there was some kind of a police raid there in 1942 and he, yeah, he set off some dynamite and blew himself up. So anyway, George Fantassel, he liked this place and he went there and he started meditating in 1953 and these Venusians kept talking to him and they told him that he needed to create this gigantic building there, which he called the Integratron. And it was basically um, going to be a place to uh, create rejuvenation. Like if, if you would go in there and he, the, the building was like kind of like a big machine. You'd go in there and he'd turn on this thing and it would rejuvenate you. And then you would also experience some anti-gravity and some time travel. Okay. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened to Van Tassel and his an Integratron and where I'm going with all this because I'm looking at these weird connections and I go, you know what? They, they, these guys may have been tapping into something that's even deeper than most of us think about. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <sighs> I'll be back after these important messages. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places ready to bring some spring vibes indoors bear premium plus paint is here to make it happen and it's starting at only 28.98 a gallon at the home depot picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bear exclusive color arrowhead lake and let's not forget your living room picture it drenched in the lush verdant tones of amazon jungle breathing new life into your space with every glance Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. George Van Tassel was a, a former aircraft mechanic and a flight inspector who moved out there into the desert, started meditating moved his family out there and you know he was he was a part of that um i don't know kind of like that that generation of contactees that uh was sort of exemplified by people like um george adamski and uh, let's see, uh, Truman Bethram, Daniel Fry. Th- these were people who at that time in the 50s were saying, like, we are having all these contacts with these aliens. Uh, oftentimes it was happening out west. And, but the thing is, they would describe them as being being human-like more often than not. Uh, you didn't, you know, like nowadays you hear about the little greys all the time. Uh, and that may just be because that it was so popularized by people like Whitley Strieber, you know, the, this, this vision. But back then it was like, no, these are, they, these are, these aliens kind of look like people, like humans, you know. So that's very interesting on a number of levels, I guess. But he was given instructions to build this thing called the Integratron. I don't even know what Integratron means. I've tried to look into it. And I can't find a good explanation for what that word is supposed to mean. I know Tron is like some kind of technology. 
And the Integratron is a, a wooden building that is, uh, they call it a cupola, which is kind of like a small dome of some sort. And it is, um, it's pretty big. It's like, you know, this wooden dome is, uh, oh gosh, I, I'm trying to find the, uh, actual stats on this. I have way too many screens open in front of me. It's 38 feet tall. That's 12 meters tall and 55 feet in diameter. That's 17 meters in diameter. Okay. And so. Again, the idea here is that when you turn this thing on, uh, it's, there's like an out, and it's unfinished, you know, but, but there's this outer ring that's supposed to kind of spin and, uh, it, it creates some kind of, um, an electromagnetic and electrostatic, uh, rejuvenation force and it, uh, it, it intersects with Earth's you know, geomagnetic fields. And, uh, look, when I look at how this thing was supposed to end up and it was, it's largely constructed. It reminds me of some kind of like a hybrid between like a Wimshurst electrostatic generator and then some kind of, uh, like Tesla coil sort of thing. And so like, if you, if you actually read what was supposedly written about it, it's supposed to generate strong intermittent magnetic fields resulting in the generation of plasma in the form of coronal discharge and negative air ionization inside the building. Uh, it is a combination of a high voltage Tesla coil, a split ring resonator uh, that generates ultra wideband electromagnetic frequencies and Van Tassel speculated that electromagnetism affects biological cells. Well, did you get all that? But it looks cool. It looks really cool. Um, they think Howard Hughes donated a lot of the money to help make this thing. The problem is this ambitious construction project was never completed. And that is because George Van Tassel, um, he died unexpectedly at the age of 67 in 1978. And uh, he was... A lot, a lot of people, not surprisingly, think that his death was suspicious. He died in a hotel room in California just before going on a big TV program where he was going to talk more about his work. So he died of the, of a heart attack. Um, and today, though still certain times of the year, you can go visit the Integratron and they have what they call sonic healing sessions. Uh, in fact, if you go to Integratron.com, I-N-T-E-G-R-A-T-R-O-N, Integratron.com, uh, they're advertising, um, so again, like certain months of the year, certain days of certain months of the year, you can go and get like a sound bath, they call it. And let's see what they say about that. It says, uh, this is an unforgettable sound experience for those who seek deep relaxation, rejuvenation, and introspection. 60-minute sonic healing consists of uh, a brief introduction to the Integratron and its history of sound qualities. 35 minutes of 20 quartz crystal singing bowls played live and the balance of the hour to integrate sound and relax in the sound chamber to ambient music. Okay, sounds cool. I guess one day I'll probably go do that. Um, but look, here's my point. All right. I started thinking about like all these guys who were attracted to these weird vibrations and they were moving out there into the desert to build something that they thought would, uh, help us to commune with the spirits, whether we're talking about, you know, Zizix spring and, and that whole weird vibe or the Integratron. And now here I am. And I'm kind of doing the same sort of thing because I, as you know, I bought this property in Rachel, Nevada, right outside of Area 51. And that is where I am going to be building a machine that I believe will possibly open a portal in the desert. And I started thinking about, like, why am I attracted to this idea like kind of like these other guys have been. And I don't want to compare myself to them because I don't really know what, what they were all about, but still you can see the connection there. And I started thinking about the fact that, you know, for years I have talked about 
the NASA gravity map because Earth has an inconsistent gravitational field. And it's always slightly shifting, but it has certain consistencies. There are places where the gravitational field of Earth is a little bit stronger or a little bit weaker. And uh, gravity is still one of the most mysterious things in in science. We don't even know if we should call it a force. Time and gravity. I mean, these, yeah, these are the deep, deep mysteries here. And I found years ago that if you take a list of some of the most paranormally active places on planet Earth and you plot them on a map and then you overlay gravity maps from NASA that show the strengths and weaknesses of the Earth's gravitational field, many of the places that we consider paranormally active are places where you have weaker gravity. And in fact, if you want to see for yourself, uh, here's what you do, okay? Uh, you go to, just go to, go get online and do a search for NASA eyes on the earth. NASA eyes on the earth. And it brings up this fantastic free interactive website where you can look at all these different kind of like, um, forces around the earth provided by NASA. And one of them you can click on is the gravity field provided by the Grace FO gravity field map project. And you can see uh, at certain points in time what the gravitational field of different spots on the earth uh, looked like. Unfortunately, it's not in real time because they're, they're kind of scanning the earth and then they update it once in a while. But what you find is that, uh, look, even though the, the gravitational field around the earth is kind of flexible and, and, and unpredictable, uh, there are certain areas that are more consistent. So like, for example, it is, it's possible, uh, it can rain anywhere on the earth. Like, look at Death Valley, California. It's the the hottest, driest place on planet Earth. And they got a flood the other day. Big flood. But that was unusual. Okay, it can rain anywhere on Earth, but it's unusual to get a flood. Paranormal activity can appear anywhere on Earth. But it's more common in places that have weaker gravitational fields. And I know this because I sat down with my wife, Lauren, years ago, and we came up with a list of about 100 places that are famous places around the world for paranormal activity. We we divided it into ghosts and hauntings and then UFOs and aliens and then cryptids and then like ancient sacred sites and unexplained lights and triangles. And we had stuff like, okay, I'm just looking at it right now. You got uh, Myrtle's Plantation in Louisiana. Uh, Dracula's castle there in Romania, uh, the Hellfire Club in Ireland, uh, gosh, what a, you know, the Stanley Hotel at Estes Park. You've got the Overton Bridge in, in Scotland. We have UFOs in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, Roswell, Stephenville, the Phoenix Lights, Mount Rainier. Um, you got, uh, Ogopogo there in Canada. You got Bigfoot around Bluff Creek. Got the Lizard Man. I mean, this is this is a heck of a list of of paranormal hotspots. You know, the Temple Mountain, Jerusalem. I mean, again, spiritual stuff. Mount Sinai in Egypt. The Great Pyramid. Stonehenge. Machu Picchu. The Nazca Lines. Gobekli Tepe. Brown Mountain, North Carolina. Heslin, Norway. Bermuda Triangle. We we took this list and we plotted. All of these places. And we saw that there is a connection between this lower amount of gravity and these paranormal phenomena. And this inspired me to think that maybe if you have uh, easier access to paranormal activity at places with lower gravitational fields, you can do an experiment there that will help you get paranormal data. And I'm looking at the whole southwest of the, U- the U.S. where all of these these guys like myself have been attracted to build these kind of like portal pl- type places. And the gravity there is very low. So I attempted an experiment and I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you what happened, but I'm going to play some audio for you when I get back. 
I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this segment is kind of a call to action because I know a lot of you who listen to this show are experimenters. You may be a nerd, a geek like me, and I need your help. I want you to go out. And I want you to do an experiment. Let me explain. Okay, so as I I have told you, I think you can see for yourself if you overlay the most consistent aspects of the Earth's gravitational anomalies with paranormal hotspots, you'll find that a lot of the places where paranormal activity occurs, those places have usually a weaker gravitational field. Places that have a stronger field tend to be more like protective places, sacred areas, 
churches, monasteries. And that's interesting because there may be uh, a connection because that people, you know, they get afraid of paranormal activity. And so they go to a place where it's not as prevalent and that's where they consider it a protective spot and they build their their uh, their sacred areas. So I wanted to study this effect and I thought, well, look, OK, I'm not going to be able to send instruments into outer space. But maybe something kind of close to that is to take instrument readings from an object, from an instrument that is in free fall. Because when an object is in a state of free fall, it's basically weightless in terms of what we think of as as weightlessness. And look, I'm not a physicist, but free fall is a very special state where things are kind of, you know, floating in, a, in an almost anti-gravity kind of uh position i guess i don't know if i'm wording that right but i think you know what i'm talking about it's like you you take the vomit uh comet or whatever they call the airplane where you know it just goes in a free fall and everybody starts floating around just like they're in outer space i mean you've seen that the problem is when you drop an instrument it drops so fast so quickly you don't have much time uh to get data so I figured I'm going to take an audio recorder and I'm going to find a, a really high spot and I'm going to hit the record button and I'm going to drop it and see what happens. You know, and I, so I got this little recorder and I shielded it and I put all this foam and bubble wrap and everything around it. And I quickly found out that it's not so easy to find a good spot to drop something from a high location. Uh, it's kind of taboo, actually, because when you go to a spot and you start, you know, dropping something uh, from really high up, well, there are people who are like, well, what if you hit somebody and kill them or you hit something and destroy it? And there are all these like liability issues. So I finally finagled my way into an opportunity, and I'm not going to tell you how I did this, but I got a friend who said, you got this one shot to go up on top of this 70 foot structure and drop your recorder. And I said, great. So I got this recorder all prepared and this, uh, I don't want to say even where this was, but it was here in the, in the country. I went up, uh, all, about 70 feet and I had a straight drop and I hit the record button and I dropped this thing. Now, from dropping it uh, at, at at about 70 feet uh, to hit the ground, I think it was maybe around two seconds or something like that. So then I went down and I, I had one shot at this. OK, so I retrieved the recorder and I played it. And holy moly, uh, for those two seconds, I heard what sounded to me like a jumble of strange voices. And I was so excited. I said, there may be something to this. I don't know. It, it, like, if this is just some kind of like radio interference, then why would, why did I not pick it up before I dropped it when I was up high or after it landed? It was only during that period of free fall. Why was that? So I took this recorder back to my office and then it wouldn't work anymore. And I realized that I guess even though it, it worked Right after I dropped it, I don't know what happened to it. I guess something got jogged loose and I wanted to tell the world about this. But I, I was like, I, it, it embarrasses me to make some kind of like profound claim that I've discovered something, but I can't actually demonstrate it and prove it. Okay. And right around that time, I was about to, um, I, I, I was making trips to the desert and I figure when I moved to Las Vegas, I'll have a better opportunity to do this experiment. I'm going to buy a drone and I'm going to fly this thing way up in the sky and I'm going to start dropping recorders. And, you know, so anyway, I moved to Vegas. I bought a drone and then it turns out it is almost impossible to fly a drone around here because everything's restricted. I mean, it's super. This is probably the most restrictive drone place on the planet. So anyway, because, I, I, you know, we got Area 51 and Nellis Air Force Base, but I did get a uh, a drone anyway and took it out into the desert. And then I was like, well, now I got to figure out how I'm going to get the. I bought this little mechanism that would drop things like you could take it to a party and drop water balloons on people. And I hooked the recorder up to that and then the drone wouldn't work right. And it's just like it, this was doomed. I, I was never able to reproduce this uh 
And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not a drone guy, and this is getting frustrating. I contacted helicopter companies and asked them if they would work with me and let me drop something from the helicopter. Nobody wanted to work with me. I mean, it's just, it's been really frustrating. So here's what I did. I sat down and I made a recording that sounds like what I heard during those two or three seconds or however long it was that I, that I originally got that I've never been able to reproduce. And I want to play for you this. Now, this is not an actual recording. This is me trying to give you something that sounds similar to what I heard. And then after you hear this, I'm going to tell you what I want, I want us to do here as, as an audience experiment. Okay. So let me just stop here. Even though the recording that I got was only two or three seconds, um, I, ex- because we're on a podcast here, I extended this out. So this is like 17 seconds, but it gives you more of an idea of what it sounded like. Okay. Are you ready? Here is my recreation. And again, it's not at all perfect, but it's close. Here you go. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like that if what I got there was something that taps into the ability for us to pick up paranormal sounds, then, um, I, I was going to kind of keep this to myself, but now I'm like, look, I, I should, I shouldn't do that. I want to tell all of you about this and let you go out there and you try it. Let's see if you can, you can actually capture this. I just want to know. And if this is not something paranormal, maybe there's another explanation for why that when an object is in free fall, like this recorder, that it would pick up more strange kind of voices and weird little interference than it would before it's in free fall, regardless of it being high up or low down. This is just a normal recorder. I don't think it matters what kind of recorder you use. So if you are in a position where you have access to a high location and drop it off of a, I don't know, a fire rescue tower or something like that. If you're a fireman or, or if you're a pilot, you know, maybe you could like drop it off of your airplane or your helicopter. Or maybe you can do a Ben Franklin and just get a kite up there and release. I don't know how you do this best, but if any of you listening can do that, uh, if you capture nothing, Fine. But if you capture a similar phenomenon, I want to hear all about it. And I want to hear that recording and I want to play it on the show because I think that this is just another example of how we can look at the relationship between the mysteries of Earth, the mystery of gravity between these paranormal hotspots, interdimensional weather. And we can see if we can look at areas that will give us the highest likelihood of finally capturing something paranormal using our instrumentation in a new way. And you can see why this might yield some results, because who the heck is doing this stuff, right? And if they are, they're not paranormal investigators. They're with NASA or the government or something, and they're not talking about ghosts when when it, when they get their result. So... Okay, uh, I told you it was going to be a weird mind-bending journal, uh, or journey, and I guess it's a journal of a journey, uh, but <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed taking the ride and uh, jumping into the rabbit hole. So now, I think it's time for us to listen to another tone. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I get so much positive feedback from this tone, I got to play it almost every week, all right? I want you to take a deep breath. If you can, close your eyes. I want you to relax. I don't know why this seems to work so well, but it does. I want your next week to be the best one ever. So enjoy. Meditate on the good fortune tone. That's it. 
for this edition of the show, follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.